Welcome to another Phoenix Talk Radio, the voice of the rise. I am here with you. My name is Andrew Burkham, and I am your host this week as we take a look at what's going on in the art scene in the Central Valley of California and beyond. And this week, we're going to start out with uh, just a real quick trip around the valley before we get into the meat of our show, which is a great interview I had uh, earlier today with Robert Jerome of SGS Theatrical Productions about their upcoming version of Romeo and Juliet that opens this weekend, and it sounds amazing. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be really cool. Looking very forward to that. But first, let's take our trip around the valley. Coming up soon, first we go to the Prospect Theater Project here in Modesto, and they have The Flick coming up. It says, up next at PTP, Obie Award winner in 2013, Pulitzer Prize winner in 2014, The Flick is a slice-of-life play that deftly captures the everyday. Avery, Sam, and Rose are three ushers working at a shabby movie palace in Worcester, Mass., and playwright Annie Baker is a wordsmith who transforms their daily dialogue and workplace banter into something sublime. The flick stars Sarah Halpert, Adam Torian, and Eric Watkins and is directed by Jack Souza. It opens February 22nd and runs weekends through March 10th. Tickets are on sale now. If you want to get information for that, just go to their website at prospecttheaterproject.org. Once again, that's prospecttheaterproject.org. Theater is spelled with an E-R in this case, and that'll explain how you can get tickets there. So that's the flick coming up at Prospect Theater Project very, very soon, towards the end of this month. Next up, at the Phoenix Creative Collective. A couple of different things that are going on with the Phoenix Creative Collective. Uh, The first is the Colored Museum. And the Colored Museum is a play that's going to be staged at the MAC. Uh, The description reads, The Colored Museum has electrified, discomforted, and delighted audiences of all colors, redefining our ideas of what it means to be black in contemporary America. Its 11 exhibits undermine black stereotypes, old and new, and return to the facts of what being black means. Mr. Wolf is the kind of satirist who takes no prisoners. The shackles of the past have been defied by Mr. Wolf's fearless humor, and it's a most liberating revolt, says Frank Rich at the New York Times. This is one weekend only. It's February 22nd through the 24th at the MAC, down in Merced, the Multicultural Arts Center. And if you're interested in ticket information on that, you can find that at our website, uh, which is phoenixtherise.com. So that is what's going on uh, next on stage for Phoenix Creative Collective. But that's not all that's going on with the Phoenix Creative Collective. We also have Boot Camp Creativity, uh, which is a President's Week Arts Camp. And the description says, not ready for President's Week, yet we are. Your MCSD students, ages 6 to 13, are off school, and the Merced County Arts Council and the Phoenix Creative Collective have partnered up with the MAC with teachers hosting one- to two-hour art classes throughout the day. Choose from a four-hour morning session, a four-hour afternoon session, or an eight-hour day with a one-hour supervised lunch break. The day will be filled with performing and visual arts classes. Only $100 for the morning or afternoon session or $200 for both morning and afternoon sessions uh, with an eight-student minimum. If you want more info on this, you can call 209-388-1090 or just register online at phoenixtherise.com. 
slash classes. Uh, this is going to be a great thing. I'm actually going to be teaching uh, some for uh, for the uh, Creativity Boot Camp. So I'm excited about that because we're going to do all kinds of fun things. Uh, art projects. We're going to do some performing arts. We're going to do... Oh, there'll there'll be a little bit of maybe some acting, some dance. There'll be a lot of uh, visual art that goes on as well. So this is a great opportunity if you've got kids in the area who need something to do during President's Day week, the week that they're off school, uh, get them signed up. Again, phoenixtherise.com slash classes will get you right to the registration page. The last thing that we've got going on today, and and again, kind of a short blurb today, but just something to get something live on the air since we've been down for a couple of weeks. Uh, the last thing that we've got going on is, in fact, uh, Romeo and Juliet at SJS Theatrical, which is in uh, the city of Los Banos. Now, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of detail about this right now because... I'm about to talk, you're about to hear, if you're listening to the podcast, you're about to hear my interview with Robert Jerome that I talked about earlier, and he is going to tell us all about what's going on, how to get tickets, but I'll tell you this, listen to this interview, this is going to be a great show. Uh, I, when it, Just talking with, with Robert about this, I have, you know, being a, a theater guy for as long as I have been, for, you know, 30 years, uh, I've seen Romeo and Juliet done every way you can possibly do Romeo and Juliet. But this is the first time I feel like somebody really has a fresh take on Romeo and Juliet. It is exciting. It's a little post-apocalyptic. It is in modern English. So it has been, uh, the language has been uh, modernized for audiences that might not feel like Shakespeare is accessible. This is going to be an outstanding show. And I want you to go see it if you're available and in the area. So uh, check out this interview next. Robert's going to tell you how you can see it, where you can see it, and how you can get tickets. Well, that's all I have for this week uh, for Around the Valley. Uh, for the rest of you who are going to join me either in the recorded video or more than likely uh, will be joining me on the podcast, thank you also so much for joining us this week and every week on Phoenix Talk Radio, the voice of the rise. And now... Let's talk to Robert Jerome. Well, welcome back. We're here with Robert Jerome of SJS Theatrical, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to speak with you again. It's been a while. It's been, oh gosh, I don't know, what, a couple months since the last time we got a chance to chat? Yeah, I think it was December was was uh, the last time yeah. that we actually got a Talk. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, since then, a lot has gone on. You you got through your holiday show. You you did. Um, you auditioned. Uh, you know the never ending never ending story, which we talked about that last time we uh, we were on the air together. And then uh, right now, what we're going to talk about today is the production that opens this weekend, and that's that's your version of Romeo and Juliet, right? Yeah, yeah. We open Saturday. It's our opening day, the sixteenth. I'm very excited. <laughs> it's it's coming up soon. It's almost here. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, yeah, and and because we only rehearse on weekends for this production, because this is a, this is a part of our Workshop 44 group. So SJS Theatrical has its subgroups, and Workshop 44 uh, tends to deal with more edgy and new and uh, 
taking old stories and retelling them in new ways type of stuff. It's more like studio and ex- experimental theater. Uh-huh. And so we only rehearse on Saturdays and Sundays. So we've, we've had six Saturday rehearsals and four Sunday rehearsals. <laughs> and, and I mean, we're, we've been there from 10 in the morning to like 1130 at night, just working on these shows and, and, and on, on Romeo and Juliet is it's, it's crazy because um, Las Posadas, Las Posadas and, and the Christmas show was more of that like old school Christmas pageant fill. And this show is totally different. We, it's, it's more, we, it's, it's, it's ACT Berkeley rep quality of production work. And so we've, we've been building sets until two o'clock in the morning, uh, working on lights and, uh, working on the adaptation because the concept of it is, is kind of, it's a concept driven piece mm-hmm. and that, and that is what kind of makes it a little bit special. Um, so a little bit about my feel on Shakespeare sure. is I'm an, I'm actually an Oxfordian. So I actually don't believe, uh, Shakespeare wrote Shakespeare. I'm, I'm kind of a believer of uh, a group of noblemen and noble women writing to, tell the political landscape mm-hmm. um, and kind of influence the queen and the other people of court with, with art. Right. And so with that belief, I went into this piece going, well, first of all, I hate Romeo. <laughs> I hate Romeo. <laughs> and, it, and, and that's a common theme for a lot of the people who, have, who are in the show is we do not, I didn't like it. I didn't like it in high school. I felt like it was very pretentious and I was, it, it, it to me was always this really sad story of a, a generation of youth that is being destroyed by the anger and hatred of their older generation. Right. And I was sitting here and we were at Renaissance fair and I did Richard the third at Renaissance fair this year. And I was sitting down going, I don't, I think this is the perfect landscape and time in our political landscape to tell Romeo and Juliet from a, from a true tragedy uh, standpoint instead of your, you know, I, I mean, it, it gets to me, it almost gets romant, romanticized Romeo and Juliet because everyone focuses as, Oh, the love, the love. And my, my view is that it's a story about hatred that defeated love love lost and a lot of the times that doesn't happen in shows everyone wants a happy ending and so we went into this going okay how can we make it connect with a modern audience and so we set our show 500 years in the future and it's basically after the buttons have been pushed and everyone's living in these outposts and Verona outpost is like one of the last outposts in California. And so in the outpost, you have tribes. And so one of the first things that when the poster came out, people were talking about is how I put Montague instead of Montague. Uh And one of the biggest reasons is because in this outpost, the tribes are divided by a cult called the cat, the womb of Capulet, which is an all female cult. And a tribe of workers and labor laborers called the Mantagues, who are a patriarchal tribe and a patriarchal society. So you're not only dealing with the love and hate, but you're dealing with two 
political landscapes that are completely different in a cult. And then in the Manticue, where Catholicism has now turned into a Rastafarian religion of California. Wow. Where, where, you know, your priest is, your priest believes in, in smoking two joints in the morning. <laughs> like that's, that is a part <laughs> of the ideology. And everyone comes into the show during the time of a seven days festival where the authority who is like the royal blood, the prince and, uh, the people who are overseeing the outposts, they, they have a seven day festival kind of like Mardi Gras where you party for seven days and you get the sin out. And that is what the audience walks into. So the entire show takes place in seven days inside this festival fueled with futuristic drugs and LSD and um, a Mad Maxian violence fill. You have, you have magic, uh, scientific magic is a part of the show. The Capulets have like uh, a magic kind of aspect to them. And so it's it's definitely one of those sci-fi fantasy action movies that kind of encapsulates the the story of Romeo and Juliet. And we did change a lot of the text. What I did is I wove I adapted the text into modern end verse. So as you're going through when the characters are intoxicated with the drugs, they speak in verse. And when they're not, they're speaking in in a form of modern English. So talk to me a little bit about that, right? So just taking, uh, you know, taking the play and adapting the language to it or adapting uh, the language of the play, um, what you have done, it, it sounds incredible. It sounds amazing. How, how long did it take you to do this? It sounds like a massive undertaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it took, it, took months like I started I started in August with the idea of a concept and I really didn't start writing until like September and November and then I threw it all away and I was like no I don't like this no I don't like this and and it came down to me locking myself in a room for 72 hours and just saying you know what you want just do it and so once once I adapted the entire play from verse into modern English, mm -hmm. then I was able to go back and change the story structure because I, I've also added characters into the show. Like, uh, Rosaline is actually a huge part of this production. Oh. Whereas in Shakespeare's, she's not, she's mentioned mm -hmm. and never seen. Right. And where in this production, she is one of the arc stories that actually ends with Romeo and Juliet's arc. So, I mean, it, 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 it is a, it is one of those things where if you have, and I was able to start to write for actors and that helped once we got a full cast and I was able to see and work on the collaborative effort because we believe, we believe in collaboration heavily. Mm -hmm. So when we're creating this show, I was able to talk with the people playing Lady Capulet and Capulet and Mantegues and the Romeos and kind of be able to see how their vision fit within mine. And right. I was able to kind of combine into writing with that. And I also have an amazing assistant director, Morgan Lancaster, who uh, took a lot of the costuming aspect off my plate. She was like, okay, I see your vision. Let's run with this. And 
Dana uh, Scrivener, who is my technical director and my other partner in the in the production company, mm-hmm. she uh, she got my little sketch of a design and and we turned it into something that is 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 amazing. It's a two there's a two story set and it's decoupaged with newspaper headlines and you're in a junkyard society of an outpost. So the props and the set come off the set. So chairs and stuff like that that they use to sit on to build the scenes literally come lifting from the set. Cool. Yeah, it's uh and so like that when, once all that stuff happened, the writing was uh, easy because <laughs> the character because the characters were living there. Uh-huh. And um you know, and I'm also one of those people where I go this is a new script. We're adapting it. Does that feel right for you to say it that way? Mm-hmm. And they go, Oh, I don't know. Maybe my character would say it this way. And we really were. So the, it was a living document until about two weeks ago. Wow. This is this. I mean, this sounds really, really cool. Uh, you know, We've seen Romeo and Juliet. Uh, you and I have both seen it millions of times, but oh, yeah. everybody has seen Romeo and Juliet. I think they're, you know, it's, I think it's still required reading in the schools or, uh, you know. So everybody's familiar with the story, but it sounds to me like you're doing something. And, you know, I, I say this honestly, having seen so many productions of it, I've never seen anything like what you're doing here. And, uh, and that is something special when it comes to something that we kind of just think of as a throwaway classic. So, uh, man, I am I am jazzed about this production. It sounds amazing. Well, and the other cool thing that we did is I took pages of text out and I added movement pieces. Hmm. So, like, the whole Mantua uh, atmosphere is an actual movement piece. Like, hmm. uh, the ball, all the text in the ball is a movement piece. Uh-huh. Like, there, there is a... And, and I, because of that, I feel like it's engaging for the audience. Yeah. And it and it speeds through. Because the one thing that I hate, I hate about Shakespeare, is when you go and sit down and you watch a Shakespeare, everyone says it like Shakespeare. There's no real emotion. And you're literally watching and you're going, okay, that part was funny. And then you wait five hours and you go, oh, that part was funny. But there, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's always so slow. So what I did is I said, you know what? Where are the parts that I fall asleep in the movie? I mean, even Leonardo DiCaprio, the Baz Luhrmann movie was brilliant, but there are parts where you, you're like, okay, this is a little boring. So right. I, I went, where is this boring and where can I make it engaging? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think between us, the actors and the technicians, we definitely created something d- extremely different. I've, n- I've never worked on a show like this before. <laughs> like, and I've done, hundreds and hundreds of shows right and i've never i've never ever done something like this like i came home sunday from tech rehearsal and i didn't i didn't speak for like two hours because <laughs> i was just still stuck in that last moment of the show wow wow so i'm i cannot wait for people to see it oh it sounds and incredible we, yeah and we're only performing on saturdays yeah so we're doing we're doing february 16th mm-hmm. the 23rd and march 2nd but on the 23rd, we're doing two shows. Oh. We're doing a matinee and a late night show. Okay. So we're doing a, uh, two, two thirty, uh, a two o'clock performance uh-huh. on the 23rd and an eight o'clock performance on the 23rd. Cool. All right. Uh, and so I, I want to, I want to get more into the details of where and when we're going to see the show. But before we do, I want to talk to you a little bit about your cast. Um, because the cast of this show, from from what you and I had talked about earlier, I mean, they're coming from 
all over the place, all all parts of the Central Valley, it sounds like. Well, all parts of the Central Valley and the Bay Area. Oh, like, that's yeah, that's you right. Have, you have people from Sacramento. We have people from Alameda, from Campbell, from San Jose, from Atwater, from Los Banos. We're just – it's from everywhere. Man. And the talent is just impeccable. Like some of these, some of these actors have been some of the finest actors that I've got to work with on stage. And now to be able to direct them all with, it's a dream, it's a dream cast. And the, the, the amazing part of it is, is our Romeo and our Juliet had never been in a play before. Oh, wow. And <laughs> they are breathtaking. Wow. And, 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 and they like Juliet had been in musicals. And so she had done a lot of musicals, but uh -huh. she had never done a straight play. And so taking on Juliet was like something different. And uh, Romeo had only done high school acting, and that was like four years ago. Wow. So like it's uh, yeah, and their 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 performances are raw and emotional. And um, Catherine, who plays uh, the nurse, uh -huh. there's some the I did something extremely different with with the nurse because they were in a cult. <laughs> they it, it it has a different emotional connection and the scenes are just uh, they hurt they hurt to watch it so it's so real that uh it's yeah <laughs> it's different wow. it's different oh man it's i, I mean <laughs> you know it just it just sounds incredible it sounds amazing and uh it is something that anybody who's in the area they, I mean, this is another this is another one of those pieces of theater that people need to get out and see um it is uh, it is new at the same time as it, some pieces of it are going to be familiar for people, and so it's it's it is obviously a, a timeless story, uh, but done in a way that is very timely uh, based on based on your rewrite and all the stuff you've said today. So, man, it is uh, this is going to be cool. I'm really excited well, yeah, no, about and this. I, and I will say one of the my favorite things got told to me on Saturday because we had a couple of people watch it mm -hmm. just because I was like I don't know how they're going to react was. Man, I usually hate the balcony scene, but I never realized it could be funny and loving at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I can. It, that's how love is, guys. Like, <laughs> like, right. Yes. It's real. Oh, <laughs> like, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it definitely – it's getting that fill. And, we're, and the cast is tremendously excited. We have a whole bunch of their bios going up on our page, and everything they're saying is just pretty much – amazing because they, they they all just feel like they're a part of this experience and they're just growing everyone I, i've grown as a director and the actors have just grown as actors it's just it's crazy it's learning it's art and it's theater the way it should be uh, it's just amazing well it it absolutely sounds with it uh, sounds like it uh one more time for me let me know when we can see the show and uh importantly how we can get tickets to see the show so um, we have performances, of course, we open February 16th, mm -hmm. and then we have two performances on the 23rd, which would be the 2 o'clock show and the 8 o'clock show, and then again on March 2nd is our closing night, and that show starts at 7.30. Um, we have plenty of tickets for the show. It's a pretty big house, so um, <laughs> you, can get, you can get tickets at the door, or you can RSVP tickets at sjsboxoffice at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. and uh, get your name on the will call list and all that stuff and ready. But, uh, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's definitely something everyone said. It's it's something that Los Banos has never seen before. So well, that's I a 
compliment. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would I would probably spread it beyond that. I would say it's it's something that no one's ever seen before. You know, it's it's it's, uh, it's the most original uh, way that I have ever heard the show presented, and so. It is, even as a guy who sees a lot of theater, this is one that uh, I'm going to find a way to see. So, Well, yeah, and, and I always have tickets for the Phoenix Podcast Collective. <laughs> you guys are amazing. So let me know which show you're coming, and I will have them waiting for you. I will do it, man. And I may bring a, a large contingent of the, the Phoenix Creative Collective along with me. I think there's uh, this is right up uh, right up several of, several of the members' alleys. So um, we're excited not just to support the great work you're doing out there, but also to see uh, just more great theater happen here in the Central Valley, and and you guys are definitely doing it. So, uh, thank you so much for that, and and thanks for spending some time with me here today too. I really appreciate it. I know you're in the middle of you're in the middle of your final week here, um, and even though, uh, well, have you? So you've been rehearsing only on Saturdays. Are you are you done then with rehearsals until until you uh, go? We are done. We have we have a run on Saturday morning. Oh wow! And. And then we'll we'll break and then we will open. And so what I'm doing now is I'm doing all the last minute sound cues. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And all those last minute changes that I made on Sunday, I have to get all those things loaded up into the the system and ready to go. What fun. And uh, we still have some we still have some uh, set stuff to touch up, but everything it will be ready by opening. Cool, man. Cool. Well, thank you again so much for being here with me today, and I will look forward to seeing you at the show, and uh, hopefully talking to you again soon. Once you know, once this thing goes up and uh, and we're on to the next thing, let's get back together and chat again. Uh, maybe do a little uh, little look back on the show, and I look forward to what's next. Sounds good. Sounds good. I will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me again today. I'll see you next time. Well, I think that does it for this week, but thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Talk Radio. Phoenix Talk Radio is a production of the Phoenix Podcast Network. The Phoenix Podcast Network can be found online, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us at phoenixpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. And as you know, the Phoenix Podcast Network is an affiliate of the Phoenix Creative Collective. Uh, You can find the Phoenix Creative Collective online, again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to go on the social medias. We also have our very own website, phoenixtherise.com, and you can email us at info at phoenixtherise.com. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We look forward to seeing you in our next artistic endeavor. Now, before I talk to you again, get out there and make or at least experience some art.